He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Today is a very special day. Somebody say a special day. Say a special day. Wow. It is Mother's Day. Amen. Mother's Day. And um, I tell you, I'm so excited. I'm so, I'm so happy. I can't wait for this service. I can't wait for what is coming. You know, uh, we are the Holy Hill. We are so blessed. You know, that we have mommy herself in the Holy Hill. Hallelujah. We have mommy herself. You know, she's somebody who inspires me a lot. You know, when I'm preaching and she takes her notepad and she writes some notes, I say, wow, I've said something very sensible. I've said something very powerful. And I become very encouraged. I become very encouraged. And today, she's going to minister to us powerfully. She's bringing the word of God to us. There is no better person to bring the word to us on Mother's Day than our mommy herself. So, congregation, are you ready? Are you ready at home? Have you taken your notebook, your iPad, your whatever? Without wasting much more time, I want to invite to the pulpit my mother, your mother, Lady Reverend Adelaide Hayward Mills. Mommy, you are welcome. You are welcome. Daddy, thank you so much for sparing us, mommy, this morning on the special Mother's Day. Mommy, you are welcome. You are welcome. Please flow. God bless you. Thank you, Bishop Nee. Social distancing, so. Hallelujah. I think before I say anything, I would like us to bow our heads for prayer. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for today. We recognize that this is the day that you have made and you will cause us to rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, Lord, for today that has been set in the whole wide world to honor mothers. Your word tells us that we should honor our fathers and our mothers, that it may be well with us and that we may live long. This morning, we pray that you give us hearts of gratitude, no matter where we are coming from. Open our eyes to see the blessings you have brought us through our mothers, even if it has not been direct. Father, we pray that you will speak to us this morning. Speak to us as of the oracles of God. Father, anoint this vessel of clay and let it bring your heart to your people. Transform our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let your will be done. Thank you for your anointing and your grace to speak your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Well, happy Mother's Day to all of us. Sometimes some fathers have been mothers because they've had to play a dual role. And to all such fathers, we say happy Mother's Day. Or as they say in the UK, happy Mothering Sunday. I want to take this opportunity to honor my own mother and my mother-in-law, two great pillars in my life that God has used to nurture me, to counsel me, to comfort me, and to strengthen me. So I want to say to Mrs. Georgina Baden and my dear Mrs. Elizabeth Heward Mills, you being in my life has brought great transformation. You've been blessings in my life in untold ways. May the Lord always remember you, and may the Lord always bless you. Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day again to all of us. I pray that today you take the opportunity to call your mother, your mother figure, your spiritual mother, and honor them. I don't want you to say, oh, you know, Lady Reverend, it's COVID-19, so I would have bought a hamper for my mother, but because it's COVID-19, I can't. I don't believe in that. I think that you can still honor the mothers in your life or lives that you want to honor. Um, the world says where there's a will, there's a way. I believe it is true. And you know, timely evaluation is very, very, very important. Our parents don't live forever. And let it not be that we honor them at funerals and then we go get cloth that we are all wearing the same thing to honor the dead, but let, them, let us honor them when they are alive, when they can hear, and when they can see. To some of you, I believe the Lord is saying, honor your mother-in-law, and you're saying, oh, Lady Reverend, she is so cantankerous. But in the midst of it all, I just think it's a word from the Lord. Honor your mother-in-law. You know what the Bible says? It says that you heap coals of fire on the head of your enemies when you do good to them. So even doing good is a weapon. So I pray that God will give you the grace to do that. So happy Mother's Day to all of us, to all those who have shaped our lives in one form or the other, to all those who have made us who we are, spiritually, physically, emotionally, socially, and in every way. Happy Mother's Day, and may Jehovah honor you. And may you, the children who honor, be honored by God. May it be well with you. And may you live long because of this, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, I don't hope to be so long. <laughs> and uh, it's exciting to be at a lockdown service. Somehow, I just feel you are all here. Maybe I can sense it in the realm of the spirit. But I want to talk about mothers who pray. Mothers will pray. And in the Bible, many people prayed. And I cannot say that it's only mothers who prayed. But today is Mother's Day, so I thought that I would shine the spotlight on mothers who prayed. Many people in our lives say that when they were very wayward, they will hear their mothers praying. Some of them will be coming from a nightclub full of um, alcohol, smelling of, I don't know whether weed or smoke or 
and slipping through the door, praying that their mothers will not meet them. And it would be at dawn, and they would hear their mothers praying, Oh God, remember this child of mine. Touch her heart. Touch his heart. Bring her to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And they would look on in amusement that, Oh, do they think this prayer is going to work? And yet, there are many, including a lot of our pastors, who can testify that that prayer of mothers touched them somehow and somewhere in their walk. And so I want to encourage us to be praying mothers. Now, some of us will say, oh, Lady Reverend, I'm just a teenager. I'm not a mother. But a teenager can mother souls. A teenager can mother young converts. I got to know Christ at a very young age. And as it was in high school, I could say that I had spiritual children. So you too can be a mother to somebody. Even in secondary school, some people used to say, school mothers, you know, because a person showed you such maternal love and care that the person became a mother. So I pray that God will speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. The first mother who prayed that I want to speak about is the hopeful mother. The hopeful mother. And that is Hannah. I would like to read from 1 Samuel chapter 1, from verse 10 to 19. I think many of us will know the story of Hannah. The Bible says she was deeply distressed, and she prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me, and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli, the high priest, observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Amen. Now, Hannah was not a mother yet. So those of you who are really into definition will say, but is this a mother who prayed? Yes, she was a hopeful mother. I want you first of all to know that Hannah prayed without words. The Bible says you could hear her voice. Her lips moved, but you could not hear the words she was speaking. And... I think that she was so taken by her distress that even the high priest told her, you know, it's time to quit drinking and to become sober. But when the issues of life move you, you can become like a mad person. And people may not understand, but it is the extent of your anxiety and your pain 
and out of the abundance of that you speak. So Hannah had been barren for so long. And the Bible says that her adversary, who was called Penina, was always at her. The Bible says Hannah wept sore, and she did not eat for so many days, months, years. But a time came in her life when she decided enough is enough. So when she went to Shiloh, the temple, she separated herself and decided to meet her God one-on-one. -on -one. Beloved, when we go through the other mothers who prayed, one common thread to all of them was that they came to a place where they were alone. And often in your Christian walk, even as a mother, as a grandmother, as even a father, you will come to a place where the only person who you can go to is Jehovah. The only person you can call on is Jehovah. Hannah had Elkanah. The Bible says Elkanah loved her. Whenever it was time for sacrifice, he gave her a worthy portion. He gave Hannah double than even Penina. And he didn't even see what Hannah's problem was. But as she was battling this problem of barrenness and childlessness and also provocation from your adversary, even Elkanah could not comfort her enough. Elkanah could not understand. Mothers get to a place where even their husbands may not understand. Even the child may not understand. But the only place that you can run to is God. Because the Bible says he's our high tower. He's our refuge. He's our fortress. And that's what Hannah did. Now in her prayer, she didn't look at protocol. She came to the temple to meet God because in those days, God was in the temple. God was not in man as the new covenant brought about. So she had to go to the house of God to meet God. And when she got there, she was herself. She didn't care who, who thought what. She didn't care how people were observing her. In fact, even for the high priest to make a mistake, it was not her problem. She wanted to be real with God. The hopeful mother must be real with God. The hopeful mother must remove all the frills and the things that make church people look like everything is all right. There's no life where everything is all right. But as the hopeful mother, she prayed prayers of desperation, and God did hear her. We will read later to see that God did hear her. Now, what was it about this one prayer that transformed Hannah's life so much? She said, out of the abundance of my grief have I spoken. She didn't leave the presence of God halfway. She prayed till she knew that she had emptied herself of every burden she was carrying. And I want to encourage mothers. I believe that because we, we have a womb and we carry so much, I believe that spiritually also, we carry so much, and we must never give up praying for our children, even when it doesn't look like that on the surface. Now, this time that Hannah prayed, the Bible says the next day she got up, she ate, she worshipped, and she went home. Her countenance changed, and she went her way. That is a very powerful thing. 
she had so emptied herself unto God that there was nothing left. The Bible says, casting all your cares upon him, 1 Peter 5 verse 7, because he cares about you. It means that sometimes we don't tarry enough in his presence. We cast some, but not all. But the Bible admonishes us, casting all your cares, even the impossible ones, even a child that looks like he can never be saved. God says, your prayers as a mother, as a spiritual person who carries something in her womb, God can hear that prayer. Hallelujah, somebody. That is the hopeful mother. And God did hear her. Now Hannah said, oh Lord of hosts, Sometimes we feel that our problems are so many that uh, God is not even sufficient to help us. But Hannah addressed God as, oh, Lord of hosts. He is the Lord of a host of problems, a host of challenges, a host of difficulties, a host of impossibilities. That's the kind of God we serve. And I pray, talking to somebody, I don't know, maybe you may be having infertility problems the Bible is written for us that we may be admonished upon whom the end of the ages have come. I want to encourage you that God is a God of the impossible. Find him, pour yourself out, and begin to lead, lead a normal life and see what God's direction will be for your life. The Bible says, and Hannah prayed. It didn't say, and Hannah discussed, and Hannah chatted, and Hannah went to the phone. And Hannah took to Facebook. And Hannah went on uh, uh, Instagram. And Hannah was on TikTok. My daughter says TikTok is not for the ages like us. No. Instead of going to the throne, we go to the phone. But God is asking you to come to the throne. And Hannah prayed. I pray that we can say of you, and Janet prayed, and Philomena prayed, and Lucy prayed. May that be your story. In Jesus' name, amen, somebody. Amen. The parent mother is the next mother. Matthew chapter 15, reading from verse 22. Matthew 15. Please take your Bibles and read your Bibles. And underline whatever God is telling you so that you go back and study and meditate on it. It is only when we meditate on the word that it digests into our spirit and we become strong. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's no meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Amen. Now this woman did not really belong. She was coming out of the coast of Tyre and Sidon. 
and they were not considered as part of Israel. That's why Jesus said to her, I can't take bread that's meant for my children to give it to hangers-on, loafers, people just drifting around. I can't. But she came to Jesus with the confidence that he was the only one who could answer her prayers. Now, what was her problem? She said, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. This morning, some of us have children that we want to say in our hearts, they are grievously vexed with the devil. Some of us want to say, Lady Reverend, they are possessed. Lady Reverend, we, they grew up in a Christian home, but I don't recognize them. Lady Reverend, I dedicated him or her to God. I dedicated them to God, but they are a far cry from what I asked God to do. Lady Reverend, I taught them that marriage was between a man and a woman. But Lady Reverend, today, they are in a relationship, a woman to a woman. Lady Reverend, who can help me? Only Jesus can. And this is the parent's mother with issues. We have talked about the hopeful mother who was infertile, if you like. But now the parent's mother. Beloved, parenting is not easy. James Dobson wrote a book. He said, parenting is not for cowards. And I agree with him a thousand percent. I was brought up, if you like, in a Christian home. I was the youngest girl, or I am the youngest girl. And then I have four younger brothers after me. We went to church every Sunday. We had morning devotion, devotion in our home. We always had priests in our home. But at the time, majority of my home was not saved. And when I got born again, the Lord put it on my heart to pray for their salvation. But they were still not born again. And my parents, especially my dad, thought that by being very strict, he would help us to be on the straight and narrow. But what he didn't know is that as he was locking his doors, my siblings were also learning the combination for the padlock. As he was locking his doors, my siblings were bribing the watchman. And sometimes they'll climb the gate and they'll fall down. You will know that it's a thud from a nightclub. And when my, husband, my father would ask the watchman, Watchman, what is that? He would say, oh, it's the Indian almond that has fallen. But I knew that the third was greater than Abrofunkati. And they were far. They were far from God. Half of the things they did, my parents didn't know. But half of the things they did, I knew. You know, I knew. And I always was like a stranger. You know, you, you, you don't go for night, to nightclubs. When your beloved comes, you don't go to the bed. You, you are not normal, you know. But my mother and my father, they kept praying. Praying all the time, especially my mother. Sometimes she would come and sit in the sitting room, and your Bishop Kakra would stagger in. And once I remember my mother called me, and at a point she just sank into the sofa and she began to cry. My daughter is grievously vexed with a demon, with a devil. 
But with God, nothing is impossible. And having seen my brothers come to the Lord, I often tell people and myself that, look, nobody is beyond redemption. And you should never stop praying for your child. Now, as this woman was coming to the Lord about her problem, there were also 101 reasons why she should be pushed back, why she should not meet Jesus, and why Jesus should not even listen to her prayer. It is the same. Prayer takes persistence. Prayer takes force. Prayer takes pushing the same door for some time. And beloved, often we give up easily. Jesus spoke about the widow and the unjust judge. There was a judge and this widow kept coming and saying that, avenge me of my adversaries. Avenge me of my adversaries. And the judge, the Bible says he didn't even fear God nor regard man. Can you imagine? And so he, he, he didn't bother about the woman. But at a point he said that this woman, she keeps coming here. She will wear me out. So he, he listened to the woman, not because he wanted to help her, but because he was tired of her. And then God says, hear what the unjust judge says. How will your heavenly father not avenge you speedily? Amen, somebody, when you call. So God wants us to be persistent in our prayers. And parenthood can be heartbreaking, I know. I mean, I've counseled people who say their children come and say, well, when I was in the home, Christ was forced down my throat. Now I think I can choose, and I don't believe in God anymore. What are you going to do? Say to Reverend, I've prayed. Uh, continue to walk by faith. Continue to walk by faith. And continue whenever you feel impressed to mention them to God. But come to the place where you leave it to God. Because there are certain things that except God changes, you cannot. I always say that when I used to pray for my brothers, I mean, I used to pray that they would be born again, but I used to have a list of who I thought would get born again first. And on that list, the first person I thought would be born again was not Bishop Kakra at all. He was at the bottom of the list. Because I felt that he was harder. And the Holy Spirit will have a tough nut to crack. But on a day when my husband came to visit me, long story short, and presented Christ to him. I'd been talking to him, praying for him. That, at that instant, he gave his life to Christ. His things were rapid results. As soon as he gave his life to Christ, God called him that night. He had prophetic encounters. He had fire chasing him. He ran downstairs. He entered the wardrobe. God said, you, if you don't preach, I'll kill you. How many of us have just been converted and then God is telling us, if we don't preach, you will kill us. So man's views are not God's views. What you see is not what God sees. And sometimes when we think that it's all spoiled, it's all destroyed, that's when God steps in. It was like that with this Syrophoenician woman. And Jesus will not even listen to her. And not only that, the, the disciples said, you know something, send her away. She's crying after us, and it's just cries. You see, it, it seems like people are not even appreciating your problem. 
And also it looks like everybody else around doesn't have the problem you have. The disciples don't have children vexed with demons. Jesus doesn't have children vexed with demons. Then you are bringing your issue. So the, the devil will say to you, oh, this issue is only you. Everybody's life is perfect except you. So you will do well to shut up. But the woman did not give up. She continued to follow. She continued to persist. And even when Jesus told her, I'm not called except to the house of Israel. And I cannot give the bread to the of the children to dogs. In spite of the insult, in spite of the potential offense, she rose above that. What was driving this woman? A mother's love, maternal instincts, a love that will not let you go. Yes, the Bible says, can a woman ever forget her child? Yes, she may forgetful be, but God says, I will remember you. So if this is a mother's love, then God's love is greater. But I think that we all can testify that a mother's love is phenomenal. I mean, you are vexed with a demon. Somebody will say you can go to hell. Some fathers will say, look, you can leave the house cry, with you and your demons. But a mother's love often persists. And this parent mother with issues, she was able to break through because of her persistence. And finally, when Jesus spoke to her, she said that, my daughter is grievously vexed with a demon. Some of us parents, we use idiomatic expressions for our, our children's problems. We say, oh, he's having self-esteem issues. Oh, he's having childhood, infancy, psychological. Hey, call it what it is. It is a demon. It is evil spirits. And when you call it what it is, the great physician can bring healing to our lives. I know that it's not easy. But may we never stop praying. You see, Billy Graham had a son called Franklin Graham. And he was so rebellious that when his mother came to his room, he would smoke to the mother. He said, <laughs> you think I'm a Christian? I'm not. Oof. And blow it and leave all the cigarette butts around. But the mother was not a, a, a soft mother. So sometimes you also go and bring buckets of water and pour on him. And he would be angry. But he was a rebel. And he wanted everybody to know, yes, I'm Billy Graham's son, and so what? I don't want to be Billy Graham's son and, and, and be seen as religious. I want you to know that I can do the extreme. And then one day, the father went on crusade and went with him. He was a grown-up, quite a grown-up man. In Paris, I think, and the father witnessed to him. He said that, look, one day I will not be here. And I just want to give you Christ, just for the last, you know. On that note, he accepted Christ. Today, he is the successor of Billy Graham Ministries. He is the one who goes around doing crusades. But if you had looked at him, maybe you would not have chosen him. But the parent mother with issues should never stop being on her knees because God hears us when we cry. Hallelujah. Mothers who pray. Mothers who prayed. Hmm. Now, the next mother is the single mother. The single mother, and that is Hagar. Genesis chapter 21, verse 14 to 27. Please give me a cue about time. 
And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, put it on her shoulder and the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle. And she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat down, sat her down over against him a good way off, as it were a bow shot. For she said, let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water, and gave the lad drink. And God was with the lad, and he grew, and dwelt in the wilderness, and became an archer. Amen. This is the single mother. Through no fault of hers, although sometimes it's our fault, but if we repent, God hears. Through no fault of hers, she finds herself with child. Because Sarah just decided that she will use you as a guinea pig. And then, when all is said and done, Ishmael is 13 years old. And Sarah says, when Isaac was being weaned and we're having a party, I saw Ishmael standing afar off and looking at my child in a certain way. Step home issues. And then Sarah says to Abraham, send Ishmael away. And the Bible says it was grievous in Abraham's sight because Ishmael was his seed, part of his seed. Then God comes to Abraham privately and says, listen to Sarah, your wife. Listen to the voice of Sarah, your wife. I wonder why God would say that. The voice. I thought the voice in Eden was bad. But the voice here, God said, listen. So Abraham, being the godly man that he was, listened and sent Hagar away. Now, Dick's Bible says the reason why she was given just a water bottle and bread was because Hagar was amongst her people. I beg to differ because why did she cry so much if it was that she lived amongst her people? But I think that she felt that all hope was gone. She had, she had relied on Sarah for everything. And then now suddenly, everything was gone. And the Bible says she wandered in the wilderness. Somebody who knows where she's going, who knows where her people are, will no wonder. I'm speaking to you, the single mother, and I'm telling you, you are wandering in the wilderness. I don't mean wandering us in your mind, but wandering us in, moving in circuitous movements, going round and round, and not knowing where you are going, not knowing the future of the child and of yourself, and asking yourself, my goodness, how did I get here? I know of people as a pastor who lived a few doors away from their biological fathers, and their biological fathers had their nuclear family, and the children are not allowed to even darken the gateway of the biological family. 
I was thinking about it yesterday and I said, Lord, it may be difficult, but I also understand. Because the man feels he's already made a mistake. And the more you come to the gates, the more unstable his marriage is becoming. And so because of that, he leaves you and your child in the wilderness. Sometimes he doesn't provide at all. In fact, as a lawyer, when I would practice in the family court, there were a lot of big men who were not looking after their children. A lot of them, sometimes they come in benzes with their cigar, but they don't care about the children. Because they feel that the children bring them societal disgrace or it shows that, you know, I didn't really keep to what I know. Or sometimes, too, you don't want to have issues with your madam in the house. So Abraham sends Hagar and the lad away. The Bible says Hagar leaves the baby and then she goes to sit a bow shot away and she lifts up her voice and she cries. I think the baby also was crying. Hmm. The water got finished in the bottle. The Bible says the water was spent and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. Hmm. And then when she went to sit a good way off, she said, let me not see the death of the child. Because she didn't know, how will this child be sustained? How will this child be educated? I don't come from a rich home. I don't have any inheritance. I don't have anybody to help me. I'm in a wilderness situation. I'm not even seeing any human being. It's between the child and I. She's lifting up her voice. But she's also praying. In her anguish, she's lifting up her voice. And then God remembers the word that he gave to Abraham. So God comes. The Bible says God heard the voice of the child. Single mother, God hears the voice of your child. God hears the voice of your children. God hears the voice of the children that you wish were not born out of wedlock. Sometimes... It's even that they have lost their dad. And sometimes it's not that they've lost their dad. Their dad is alive. But as they say, it's Tiasiu. He's alive, but he's dead. But God can come through for that mother. And what did God say? He mentioned her name. What he aileth thee, Hagar? What is worrying you, Hagar? Single mother, God knows you by name. God knows you personally. God has not formed a club that he has added you to. If he knows the number of hairs on your head, God knows you. Amen, somebody. And what does God say? Fear not, the angel says, for God has heard the voice of the lad. Hmm. Arise, it says to Hagar, lift up the lad. Hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. You see, you have never lifted up that lad or those children. You have always just been mourning, thinking, anxious. But God says, arise. And God says, lift up the lad in your hand. And when you lift up the child to him, he begins to give you a prophetic word. Because God cares about us more than any man can care about us. The mothers who prayed, one of them was a single mother without hope. Amen. And I want to encourage you that you would have hope because God would take care. We have many pastors whose fathers did not look after them. 
But today, they are the ones who look after their fathers. Amen. Now, the next one, perhaps the final, is the prophetic mother. And that prophetic mother is Rebecca. When she's pregnant, she sees that her stomach goes left, right, up, down. Some of us will say, hey, the baby is very active. But Rebecca was a prophetic mother. And she said, let me go and ask God why there's war in my stomach. Let me go and ask God why there's such movement in my stomach. Genesis 25, verses 21 to 24. What does it say? And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. Verse 23. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. And two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, there were twins in her womb. Hallelujah. The prophetic mother. When you see things that are unusual, when you see things that you don't understand, do you go and inquire of the Lord? Or you just lean on worldly, oh, let me go and ask the midwife. The midwife can never tell you that two nations, you say two human beings and your stomach. The midwife could never tell you that the elder will serve the younger. The midwife could never tell you that there will be a struggle between them and that they'll come out as two nations. The midwife could never have told Rebecca that. But because she was a prophetic mother, she had a prophetic eye. Sometimes as we watch over our children, God would have us have a prophetic eye. Sometimes you see a prophetic eye that this Samuel, he'll become a priest. Sometimes you see a prophetic eye that he'll become a priest, but when he got to his teenage, Satan is trying to do something. Rebecca's mistake was that because God had given her the prophetic word, she also believed that she must bring it to pass. But beloved, when God gives you a prophetic word, you must leave him to make it come to pass. Hallelujah. That is why when Joseph was told by God, that yeah, your father and your brothers will come and bow down to you. Joseph did not say, I must make it happen. So as these slaves are taking me, I don't have to go because God said they will bow to me and this is where we are. If God takes me far, the bowing will not come to pass. Beloved, there's a major power, there's a greater God, there's a greater force and we should not work out things with our own strength. Whatever God has said, he is able to do. I pray that God will visit us with some prophetism. God will visit us like the evangelist says, every gift, a bit of every gift is in everybody. So even as a mother, you can be so spiritual that you are prophetic. And so you can tell or see things and then begin to align yourself and your children accordingly. May that be your story in Jesus' name. Finally, I will put together two mothers, the unwilling mother, who is Mary, the mother, unwilling and unprepared mother, and yet she prayed. When the angel said to her, you see, prayer is a conversation between you and God. Mary said, how that shall this be, knowing that I don't know a man? 
And the angel answered and said, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow thee. Therefore that thing which shall be born of thee shall be called Holy and the Son of God. And Mary said, the popular verse, Behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. According to your word. The unwilling, unprepared, and not seeing mother was able to see in the realm of the spirit because it was God's word. I'm talking to the mother who cannot see. I'm talking to the mother who is unprepared. I'm talking to the mother who is shocked that God should even bring you such a word. And I'm telling you this morning, you may be an unwilling, unprepared mother, but what he has said, he is able also to perform. And you must come to that place where you say, Behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And finally, the postmenopausal mother. The postmenopausal mother. That is Elizabeth. She said, It was past age. It was past the time when she should have children. Beloved, there's nothing impossible with God. Elizabeth did not let her service to God change because she didn't have a child. But beyond menopause, she was able to have a child. And she was so filled with the Holy Spirit that she could even minister to Mary. I want to talk to the postmenopausal mother that God has his own way of doing things. I have a friend who gave birth at 50-51 just last year. And I saw the pictures, I saw the video, and she said that nobody can do this except God. She had been waiting for many years. Nothing had worked. Nothing. But finally, God showed up. The postmenopausal mother. You may not be a mother even biologically, but postmenopause, you can still mother somebody. Elizabeth mothered Mary. Elizabeth showed Mary the way. So you too, you can pray and speak things that as a postmenopausal woman will give you leverage and a certain blessing in the lives of other people. Now we have talked about mothers who prayed. All too soon, it's time to go. There are so many mothers I could have gone on to talk about. But I just want to say that each of these women gave praise to God. Hannah gave praise to God, which is a whole song. Mary spoke the Magnificat. Elizabeth said, God has taken away my reproach. They didn't just pray. They also had thankful prayers. You too must develop a heart of gratitude. Don't say, Lady Reverend, my mother didn't do anything for me. Just say, Lord, in spite of my mother not doing anything for me, you have been a mother and a father to me. And for that, I give you praise. I pray that today you will rise up and be a prayerful woman. I pray that today you rise up and be a prayerful mother. It's not a club. It's not an association. Prayer meetings are not only when they are called. Prayer meetings one-on-one -on -one with God. And without that, we cannot go far. Mothering is very difficult, and it will take the grace of God. I want to encourage you this Mother's Day. May you become a praying mother, and may you see heaven come down and make a difference in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for your word that has come to us. I pray that the spirit of prayer will be invoked in us. I pray that we will have our own personal encounters with you. And I pray that when we have our struggles, Lord, we will find you and we will know you and we will wrestle with you till you come through for us. Teach us how to pray like your disciples prayed. 
And let the spirit of prayer come over every mother. Every type of mother that has been talked about this morning. Let there come a divine grace to connect with you and to be led by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before I take my seat, you're here this morning. You don't know Jesus as your savior. All that we are talking about, a prophetic mother, an unwilling and unprepared mother, a postmenopausal mother. One thing they had in common was that they all knew God. You this morning, you don't know God. Say, Lady Reverend, it's Mother's Day. That is why God must give birth to you this morning. You are listening to me this morning. You've been playing games with God. I want you to bow your head and lift your hands. You want to give your life to Christ. You want to say, Lady Reverend, pray for me. I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die, but I want to be sure. Lady Reverend, I've not been serious, but this Mother's Day, I want to start all out with God. If you are like that here, it doesn't matter whether you are a man or a woman. Just lift up your hands and say this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I recognize that I'm a sinner. Please wash me from my sins and come into my life and become the Lord and the master of my life. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross to save me. And thank you for rising from the dead so that I may have eternal life. And thank you that by this prayer, I'm born again. I'm a child of God. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And from today, I will grow in the things of God. Because this is only the beginning. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and happy Mother's Day once again. God bless you. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.